What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanay with Jim Cramer, who's back. David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Big morning. Futures slip from the highs, but they hold gains as November CPI comes in mostly in line. Headline runs a tenth hot. Year-on-year falls to 3-1 ahead of the Fed decision tomorrow. Our roadmap begins with stocks holding at highs of the year after that key inflation read. What does it mean for Fed rate cut expectations? Plus, call it Hasbro's holiday humbug. It's cutting nearly 20% of its workforce and saying the challenging conditions are expected to persist into next year. And speaking of cuts, Ford cutting F-150, reversing uh, cutting production plans in half. The company saying it's matching with customer demand in terms of those cuts. Let's begin with market reaction to CPI on day one of that Fed meeting. Jim Core was... uh 0.3, 0.3, but actually 0.28. I got a yeah. little uptick in used cars, which people might be looking past. But used cars are up 50% since 2019. Housing is up 40% since 2019. The only times that we've had sustained double-digit increases in the price of food is during COVID. You don't have a big drop in price of food at all. As a matter of fact, food away from them rose 0.4. So there'll be people who want to celebrate and say that this is enough for Jay Powell. It's actually not at all enough. And I, I think that what you're, you have to have some rollback from the highest prices ever. And David, I think that people don't realize how much damage was done to the working person during COVID. So when you have these numbers that are not up as much as we expected, I say, well, wait a second, how about down? Yeah. I mean, uh, damage done, but also a great deal of money coming in from the government for those same people, right? Right, but 9% increase in minimum wage since 2019. That's a working person. Yeah. So I come back and I say, you know what? The person in the middle and upper middle, they may be fine with this. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, we all know that because of rates being so high, that housing is now a dream. I mean, we saw that piece yesterday in the Wall Street Journal about how renting is so much cheaper. So I look at this number and I just say, how much of it is just really an ennui we have? We just say, okay, like he's fought it and fought it and it's okay. But it is not ennui if you're a working person. Okay. But isn't his number just a number? It's not necessarily thinking of the stratification of the I, economy? I think, I think his, no. I think he's very attuned to how well people who are making 45000 and less. And, you know, Carl, when I look at the numbers and I think about what happened during COVID, and David's right, a lot of government money came out, came in, but I don't think these are satisfactory numbers at all. Because the big things are cars and food and homes. It's not apparel. You can always go to TJX if you want to get apparel. Yeah, shelter was not cooperative uh, nope. this time, up uh, four-tenths. Although, first uptick in used cars since May. I mean, it's, you actually think that's a sustained trend? How can used cars be up 50%? I happen to be with someone 
uh, in this three-day period who was in the business of, fi of financing cars. And they said that the lower prices are for cars with 100,000 miles or more. And, and their people are borrowing a lot of money for 100,000. Th that's an unholy situation. So, again, I come back to what are the big things that people buy? Uh, and then what are the sustained things people buy? Food, uh, and then housing, uh, auto. And they're all not, not good enough yet, but going in the right direction. Right. You're not looking for a retracement to 2019 prices. That's not going to happen. Right. It's, they're too far away. But I do think that the sustained notion that you can raise prices no matter what after so many double-digit increases. If you go back, I mean, let's forget 2019 for a second. Let's go back to 2003. Let's do it. 20-year view. We, we've never had a sustained period of inflation like this. It, it, as a matter of fact, we've only, had, we've only had 10 months where inflation for food went down. And those were almost all during the Great Recession. We've had double-digit gains for the first time, sustained double-digit gains. This does not repeal those. I, if, I were, if, if, if I were Jay, I would say, I need more. I need a little more. Let's not look at Wall Street and what they're saying. Let's think about how much it costs to have a car and have a home if you're a working person. All right. All right. And what does all this have to do with the uh, stock market? Well, what does it mean? there's so many people who are saying that the cuts are either going to be the second quarter or the third quarter. And if you're investing in stocks, if you think that, then you're buying a little more speculative. And I'm not sure I like that. Okay. It's just... You know, it, it's a matter of fact that we, we've had gigantic moves in the speculative stocks. And Carl, you, you know, I'm not saying that the, that the Fed cares. They're not really looking at the stock market. I think there's too many strategists who are saying, when are the cuts going to happen, second quarter or third quarter? And I'm saying, where's the room for maybe no cuts? Where, where's the room no cuts until we see some actual negative numbers as opposed to uh, inflation's rising less than expected? Right. I was certainly a Milken's view yesterday on our air saying not going to take a chance on a resumption of 1970s-style inflation. I, I, when I speak to Mr. Milken, and David, you, you do quite a bit, he is a heavyweight when it comes to these things. He's heavyweight in every way. Every way. Every way. You know, have you ever spoken to him about health care? Uh, yes. But actual, not just the kind that he has solved? Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a, deep in. Deep in a sympathetic person. Deep and in. I just think that his, I like his judgment. Uh, we did have a day yesterday, Jim, where most of the MAG-7, if not all, were lower, and we closed high uh, on the indices. I think that the MAG-7 is, has, we've trimmed some MAG-7 for the charitable trust. I, how much do you need to make in a given year? Uh, there is a notion that the market is rotated. Dave, I'm seeing buyers of regional banks for the first time since March. They're too cheap. Yeah. Banks actually yesterday were notable. Uh, Meta was also notable for being down. I think so. I think so. Uh, NVIDIA um, was down. But it feels like every time there's sort of this rotation, it never really fully gets there. Well, and then there's just, and then we're back to, back to normal, but which you, is but just you buy always, the max seven. But you always say, David, you have to back out the cash. And you always say that NVIDIA is actually 
Well, no, NVIDIA is selling at 25 times next yeah. year's. But you've always said that Meta is actually pretty cheap. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the people who I, who I speak to with some regularity who still own the stock believe it is. Yeah. Certainly based on their assumptions for now what is coming very soon, next year, for what they see as 24 earnings. Yeah. And that has been the case right. uh, and, for some time. But let's take a look at, say, Robinhood. Or, or Lyft. Lyft's been on, uh, on my show a number of times. And Lyft's losing a lot of money, but they have a plan to get better, okay? And, and David Risher is really an amazing man. He's the CEO. This stock just moved up four points in, in a couple weeks. You know, that's the animal spirits that I'm not sure I want to see, even though I'm rooting for Lyft. Rooting shouldn't play a role. Save that for, say, rooting for... Uh, who I almost said a team that I rooted for on Sunday. But, you know, let, I didn't want to get into NFL. You didn't? Why, no. man? What about that DeVito guy? I mean, got to love it. Chicken cutlet. His, his agent is, is, a, is a meme star now. That, that agent, Kerry showed to me. I, but, but, I, I missed it yesterday, so, yeah. But, but yeah, okay, if you look at our new ticker, which is easy to read, there you see Upstart at 35. Okay, Upstart was at 20, and boom, uh, what happens? Well, I, I don't. People got more bullish. Maybe people are too bullish. Well, we were talking towards the end of last week about uh, the return of the retail investor in a more significant way. Yes. And Did you get firm numbers on that of how much they? No, really- no. I was just hearing it from market participants, particularly in some heavily shorted stocks, but just overall. And um, well, biggest retail weekly inflow since March of '22. There well, you go. I, I find look. I don't want, look. I like the retail investor. My Man, money's predicated. Uh, but I also think that you have to be wary when you see so many people come in at once buying some stocks that are not making money. I mean, I think AMC, there's AMC again, David. It's above seven. I mean, it's, yeah, a little bit of meme, meme, memesterish stuff going on. Memesterish. I'm going to use that tonight. Yeah, Do you mind mine. if I steal that? Not tonight? at all. Not at all. Feels memesterish. Do I have to attribute it to you in any way? It's like way DeVito's so? agent. He's memesterish too. He's really fixated on that. Yeah. Well, he sees Giddy, Cousin Wilson, and now he got DeVito. It was a great weekend (laughs) slash weekday for New York football. I'm not from New York. I'm aware of of where you're not Not from. from Although Coach Dable once said to me that you haven't lived in Philadelphia in 50 years. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's a good point. But it it dies hard, that that allegiance, for sure. It does. It does. Like, I haven't lived in Queens in a long time, and here I am still rooting (laughs) for the damn Mets and the Jets. The Niners are doing pretty well. Speaking of which, uh, Oracle is down in the pre-market. Current quarter sales guidance, fiscal Q2 revenue does come in below expectations. Uh, That despite CEO Safra Khat saying the company sees demand for generative AI and cloud infrastructure services increasing at a, quote, astronomical rate. Stock's down almost 10 this morning, Jim. Okay, so we have a small position in it for the Chapel Trust, and we're blowing out of it. Let Whoa. me tell you why. Really? Yes. Because are you the, alerting the investment club? Or well, I did. I mean, I, look, I can't. I mean, you know, I work for CNBC. I mean, I can't like say, hey, I, we're not doing anything. I don't. I don't want to run ahead of anybody. I didn't, but, I didn't mean to cut you off. Why are you doing this? Jim? Okay, so a couple reasons. First is. This is not going to. This change is not going to happen fast enough. So you, you've got. It sounded to me like a two-quarter change, not one. Second, the company is very, very bullish about the long term, but we are in a market where if you don't have short-term positives, and you didn't have a short-term positive on the Cerner deal, that's pushed out. David, also, 
you know, they're building all these data centers. You know, they don't make money while they're building. A hundred new cloud data centers they're building to meet growing demand. Right, but I want the software portion of the demand. You know, AWS is a huge customer of theirs. Yep. And, you know, Larry Elson, who is a genius, talked about how, listen, maybe you just want to consume uh, some of this and not be a dip tied in, okay? Well, David, that's what Snowflake is doing, and they give you the analytics. So off of this, I'd rather own Snowflake, and Snowflake's very expensive stuff. Why would, I just keep coming back to, given all the data centers that are being built, like, why wouldn't you just want to own the picks and shovels into the data center. We talked about it before I give, Should I give up times? everything I wrote today well, I don't know with Jeff why. Marks? I said well, we should buy the picks. That we oh, wanna, you did? Yes. Oh, good. Did, what, did you get the alert? No, I didn't get the alert. I'm not a part of the club. Oh, okay. Well, look, you know, it, 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 I'd let you join. I get the club every morning. Okay. That's true. I no, do. that's the We have front row seats to the club. And, and during the course of the we, day, because we're, we're in constant contact. When, when, we read, when we listened to the call, we said, look, uh, it's obvious they're building a lot, so why don't we take advantage of the companies that are helping them? And I feel, I mean, sometimes you just like your first loss is your best loss. I mean, I waited for this. The second, by the way, the previous quarter was not good either. No, I know. And, and if you listen to them, and I, I happen to love, I happen to think Safra Katz, think the world of her and Larry Ellison, but they continue to think that they're doing great. Uh, Cerner, they bought for $28 billion, David, this week in 2021. No good news yet. When is that supposed to start being accretive? healthcare records company that is not helping them. I believe that Epic is winning in a lot of the situations that they go head to head. So I, I just don't want to, def- I have a, we have a club meeting next week and I don't want to defend a stock I don't believe in when there are some I believe in greatly and I want to have some cash because I think the market's gotten too speculative. Wow. Right. Did it pass? No, I like to hear you when you're that definitive. I am very definitive on this. Believe me, I was heart sick. Don't change your opinion anytime soon. No, I was heart, this one. I was heart sick when I when I read the call. You were heart sick. Safra's not going to be happy with you. I, I, I respect her greatly, but I, I think that you can come back to it a quarter from now and, and you, you can buy it. If I think that they're closer to making money, then I'm happy to get right. in there. But they're not. They're turning on 20 new Oracle Cloud data centers co-located with and connected to Microsoft Azure. Well, Microsoft needs them. Simultaneously building dozens of new data centers in countries all over the world. Demand is over the moon. That is a quote from Larry Ellison. Demand was over the moon in the previous quarter. They're spending a lot of money. Uh, It is absolutely true, by the way, that Amazon Web Services and Microsoft, they all need it because these guys had the foresight to buy a lot of NVIDIA chips, which is, as we know, NVIDIA is right now the peel and end all. I felt terrible about it. I hate making mistakes, and I feel like I made a mistake, and you own your mistakes. You don't punt. You don't just, hey, you know what, look, we'll get the ball back. I don't believe we'll get the ball back. What? Vertiv is up 250% this year. Vertiv was a great play. That was Dave Cody, you recognize, he's the chairman. So, look, when you have a mea culpa, here's what you do. Yeah. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. I'm not, I'm not going to be like so many people who come on the air and say, you know what, I'm early. <laughs> I'm not early. I'm wrong. You, you might be early. I might be early, and then I'll come back to it. I wish I didn't have to talk about it.
But well, it doesn't Oracle's matter. Oracle's been up 41% this year. It's not like it's been a bad stock. What have you done for me lately? When we come back, uh, more EV challenges in the auto industry. Ford slashing their F-150 Lightning production for 2024. We'll get to some other news uh, regarding the autos, GM. There's Hasbro. Uh, there's uh, some news in M&A regarding Wyndham and Pfizer and AstraZeneca. Take a look at the pre-market here, trying to claw back some of the losses from the highs uh, after CPI. We're back in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Some EV developments involving Ford today. The company cutting planned production of the F-150 Lightning in half in 2024 after significantly increasing plant capacity for the pickup this year. A Ford spokeswoman says, quote, we'll continue to match production with customer demand. Uh, sounding an awfully like, a lot like uh, Mary Barra last week, Jim. Yeah, you know, I, I go back and forth with Jim Farley. And what he said to me that I told club members was, our hybrid sales in November were up 75% and up 23% for the year. We plan to expand our hybrid vehicle lineup and look to double our hybrid sales with the launch of our new F-150 truck due out in a few weeks. Why not put the resources toward the new F-150, David, when you know there's tremendous demand? I don't know, Jim, why not? But. It wasn't really, it was a bit rhetorical. Yes. I will will give you that. Okay. Um, But I do think, as I turn to Carl, I I do think that what's coming is is that he says hybrid strategy is really paying off. They have a great hybrid strategy. And I think that it's a lot of these companies are really tired of where their stocks are, including Jim Farley. They don't want to make things that don't sell. And the number one and two best-selling hybrid trucks in America are the Ford Maverick, which, was I, which is what I have. I get like 900,000 miles to the gallon, David. And I'll give you a ride once in the Maverick, but you have to be in the bed. It's called the bed. That's the thing behind the cap. Um, and then the F-150, uh, they're F-150. So they own the number one and number two. The Maverick, you can actually park in the city. Uh, but I do think that that's very telling. And Jim doesn't want his stock at 10 anymore. He doesn't want it at 11. He wants it at 14.50, pronto. Uh, Meantime, uh, UBS today uh, names GM uh, top 24 pick. They actually have their EV growth rate forecast is 47% this year, 11% next year, and 14% the year after that. Yeah, I I find, I actually find that uh, too optimistic. I'll I'll go to uh, uh, Jonas's note which actually was very good. And Jonas is Jonas is pretty abject that he, he likes you know what's happening with these, but 
Well, he's, he's been calling for them to get real, right, for a yes, long time. Yes, to get real is the right thing. That's exactly right. And he has 10 auto surprises. EV, he, he thinks that Tesla's going to lose money on EVs. Uh, yeah, he said they could lose money. How about this, David? Asset impairment on EVs and AV. David, autonomous is proving to be a bit of a difficult thing to do. Full self-driving. Elon Musk has been promising it for many, many years. It's still coming. Right. I'll let you know that. How about how hard the Cybertruck is proving to be? Cybertruck was difficult as well, given, given stainless steel. Right. Oh, it's hard to manipulate. It, yes. it, and look, I don't want to provoke any more. I mean, look, the big issue with all of these is also, will China come in? And I have Secretary Gina Raimondo on today. Oh, nice. And I want to find out, are we going to lower the tariffs on China in order to be able to save the working person money? Because theirs are really come no well way, underneath. Man. We are not letting China sell EVs in this country. Are we? Really? Come on. You want a $15,000 EV? Come on. I mean, by the way, Europe now, by far, is a huge market for China. So let's put a 10000 And obviously the domestic market in China, where more EVs are sold than How anywhere. about they took over Mexico? Excuse me? The Chinese have the largest share in Mexico of automobiles. Look, I, know. I, I just, I think it's worth a question. You want me not to ask the question? I think it's a good question. You do? Yeah. Jeez, they mean, because if she says yes, eyes, that's news. Oracle, you idiot. Okay, right? I mean, idiot is yeah, how much you use idiot? Keep a list. There's going to be a lot Still, more. Listen. The show's barely started. We'll uh, get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell after a short break. Busy morning uh, with CPI now under our belts as we look ahead to tomorrow's Fed decision. We're back in a moment. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Rider's block? Release. With Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. Take a look at the 10-year note yield after we got CPI. It has moved up a bit. Uh, Was around 416. Now we're talking 4227. Uh, of course, it's still not long ago, as you can see even from that chart, that we were, uh, well, doesn't quite capture it. We were uh, very close to 5%. We got a lot more for you, including an opening bell and a mad dash. Don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, we got a minute before we get to an opening bell. Let's squeeze in the mad dash. RL. Yeah, this is a bit of a mea culpa. Goldman, uh, which is fine in American brand and consumer goods uh, research, upgrades were outflooring from neutral to neutral from sell. Now, the stock is up 27%, so it wasn't such a good call. But I'm glad they did it. I had Patrice LeVay on recently as a CEO, and they have a very good roadmap for worldwide expansion, including China. They've gotten rid of the brands that are, have lagged. They have what people want. It's got a classic look to it. And it's what you should buy here, given the fact that they have very big up numbers year over year. So I'm glad that they did this, but it's a little late. That's, that's, that's all I got. That's, all, that's I got. all I got for you. I shake my head. I look at Carl. And so we that's get an opening how it bell. goes. Anyway, 
to like the purple label, and that's getting quite right. Let's get the opening bell in the CNBC real-time exchange. And the big board, it's Prologis, San Francisco-based Reed, celebrating 40 years at the NASDAQ. It's Bitcoin mining company, Stronghold Digital Mining. Jim, as we'll look to hold 46.15, let's say, at the opening could do that. Uh, by the way, Hamid Mogadam is the CEO of Prologis, and we should mention this is probably the best REIT when it comes to industrial real estate, and uh, it's raised its dividend consistently. It's never been in trouble. Uh, I salute them, so it's great that they have that. They've, been, they've made an acquisition. They're superb. Uh, I think that what we want to look at uh, is this company that was in the uh, in the FT this morning, which is NVIDIA, with placing a lot of bets. I think that matters. Uh, and oil below 70 is continually a theme that, that people get excited about when it comes to the Fed. I think it could be ephemeral, but it, it I mean, it does seem to be but it, what I think you have to call it free fall. Uh, we've got uh, global tensions in the Mideast, production cuts at OPEC, record production in this country. This country is incredible. And... And, and, and exports yeah. just on fire. I know. You know, we, we're the biggest exporter of uh, butane, propane, and we don't even have enough We don't have enough export capacity to get rid of this stuff. It, David, when you think about us and oil and gas, you have to think about the fact that we have much more, but we don't have enough ability to ship it because we don't have enough docks, piers. Is that true? Is yes. that really the case? Yes, we don't have enough is. ability to export it in some right. way. Because no one ever thought, you know, no one ever thought we'd come to the point where we're the one that could be the deciding. You know, we're, we're pretty powerful. We have 13.2 million barrels a day, correct? And David, now what is the strategy of Darren Woods and the uh, and, and, and Pine? Does he want to use his tr- tremendous balance sheet to turn the spigot on, or is it just he's happy with it? I mean, when you speak to Exxon, and when I spoke to Woods last week, Jim, Frankly, he said nothing beyond, in many ways, more than they've said previously. They do believe that while Pioneer is certainly advanced technologically, they have the resources to take things even further in terms of the ability to get more and more out of the ground um, and more efficiently. Well, all I mean, in. I mean, you know more about this than I. Well, so. all, all in, you could argue that, that Sheffield, the CEO, built this great company, has got, say, about $30 a barrel, all in. Well, I mean, hey, even at 69, they can make a lot of money. Right. I mean, and Vicky Hobb yesterday with that Occidental deal, right. most of which was debt, $9 billion of the $12 billion headline number, uh, was also Permian Assets talking about how, you know, at 70, they're going to be making plenty of money. Right. 70 on WTI. Well, I think that, you know, we were debating, Jeff Marks, Ben Stilton, and I were debating a research director of money. This concept of will there be more use of heavy equipment or will they just prove to be able to be in this fecund area able to drill more and hit more with no more rigs? So far, that's been the case. Well, that's, I mean, the, the, the rig count and the drop in price is what makes you, think, makes you think about efficiency. Others argue we don't need to rush to fill the SPR because that was built at a time where others could take advantage of us in a hurry. Well, when we were making, you know, producing six to eight million barrels a day, uh, look, if we, it's always a quizzical thing because we know that there's some parts of the country are still using oil uh, in the Northeast, but that's because they fought the pipes. Uh, but I look at these companies and I say, as much as I really like a Chevron, I mean, and think Mike Work does a great job. 
it's very hard stock to own. Uh, Exxon with the uh, with the guy Guyana Guyana yes uh, guy Guyana correct guy, Guyana. Uh, I do find that what happens is is I begin to be concerned that there are geopolitical issues. Yeah, uh, Mike Work disputed that in an interview yesterday, I know, and with me, Darren Woods, as well. Exxon is the lead in Guyana. We're talking about what as much as could be as soon as much as a million barrels a day from that very tiny country, but there is this threat from Venezuela. And, um, you know, Woods seemed to be of the, of the belief, Jim, that that would not be allowed, that that would be, that would be pushed back, any incursions by the Venezuelans to try to somehow take control of those operations. But you've got Exxon lead position and then Hess, it's one of the most, it's the single more, most important asset for Hess, which of course, as we point out, is being purchased by uh, Chevron. Uh, but again, Mike Worth in an interview yesterday, not with us, but indicated he's, he's not overly concerned by those threats. The oil companies did stick with Venezuela for a long time, and that proved to be a, yeah. an ill-advised strategy. Um, guys want to hit a little M&A this morning, uh, both in deals completed and deals announced. Let's start with one that's uh, that's going to close. And we've talked about it a great deal here in the, what is it, nine or so months since it was first announced. CGEN and Pfizer. The deal is closing on December the 14th. Um, the lawyers and bankers close to this transaction seem to have not really been led in on where things stood with the antitrust regulators. And so I was still being pointed to perhaps a close that was going to be early next year. But no, uh, they're closing it now. They've reached a deal with the FTC, has Pfizer. Of course, remember, there was a, a lot that was, to use a word Jim often uses, quizzical about any FTC concerns here, given no overlaps. But, of course, as we've learned to expect, it doesn't mean that the FTC won't take their time and issue a second request and give you a really hard time. And that seems to have been the case here as well. But they get the deal done. There is a very interesting provision here, though, that's worth oh, mentioning. That and that is that Pfizer has chosen, and this is from the press release, to irrevocably donate the rights of royalties from the sales of Bavencio in the U.S., to the American Association for Cancer Research. We had that written out for you, um, but we haven't used it. Um, I've never seen this before. I've never seen that. I've never seen this before where the FTC seems to have gotten a deal of some kind in which uh, Pfizer and or the acquiring company is going to donate royalties uh, from a particular drug to, uh, uh, to a charity. Um, now, we're not talking huge dollars. My understanding is they licensed this uh, a number of years ago from Germany's Merck. We're talking about 200 million or so in sales. So again, remember, that's then the royalties are off of that. So you're not talking about a large amount of money, but it is somewhat unique, Jim. Yes. Somewhat unique. Now, David, uh, given the fact that what you were saying that it is a bit of a surprise, any chance that the FTC may be changing its attitude toward mergers where it's not readily seen what the anti-competitive notion is? You know, I did, in, in just sort of calling back people today on, on this, somebody did say to me that they sense that the ferocity from the FTC is, is less so. I agree with that. Um, and... Then there's the possibility, you know, this subway deal. It's private, so right. our, you know, our viewers are from a 
public equity perspective, don't care, work buying it. But that one potentially getting some sort of antitrust, that's not happening from what I understand. And so there is a hope that that thing is going to yeah, yeah, move the, very more quickly than might have even been anticipated recently. But Jim, right. what I do sense overall in M&A is a willingness for companies to say, it's enough already, we're going. And so there is a building optimism in terms of the volume of deals potentially next year uh, uh, because of the willingness of strategic buyers to just say, we got to do what we got to do. Is this a good time to talk about Wyndham? Sure. You want to talk about Wyndham? Yes, I do. All right. Um, let's, let's, let's do that. You're talking about choice here, which, you know, sometimes we talk about unsolicited bids. Sometimes we say hostile. This is really hostile. This is mean. This is nasty. Yeah. This is... We're coming after your board of directors. We're instituting an exchange offer. We own your stock, 110 million or more. We're filing HSR, and we're coming. That said, none of it means that it's going to end up with them owning the company. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to talk to Choice's CEO in the next hour of Squawk on the Street, and so we'll have an opportunity to, to ask some of the key questions here. But, Jim, what's, what's been notable to me is how few of the uh, risk arbs who would typically get involved in situations are not in this one. So I think you're kind of looking for shareholders. It's an overlapping shareholder base, perhaps, to, to really push Wyndham. I just don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll talk to uh, Choice's CEO about that. But it's an interesting one from the perspective of they've been rebuffed, they've been rebuffed again and again, and they finally say, all right, you know, enough is enough. We just want to... Um, Bring it to shareholders, so to yeah. speak. I'd like to hear challenge from... the board and uh, and try and get this thing done. I, I know Steve Holmes is not the uh, uh, the CEO, uh, but Steve built that company. He's the and, chairman, though. Yes, not the chairman. Uh, he's an old friend. I will just you know point point blank disclose that. He's been on the, was on the board with my wife at Bucknell, and I, I have to tell you, he built this great company, and it is surprising to me to see this kind of action after all it's look anybody it's it's a public company you can do whatever you want yeah but i i think it's i think it's just wrong that they're trying to steal the company from what steve built well they're not trying to steal it i mean they're making an offer maybe they will they'll increase their offer and it's up to shareholders what they would say is hey we're just you know the company doesn't want to deal with us so we're bringing it right to shareholders and giving you an opportunity you don't want it fine Okay. They also put in a 6% ticking fee, in other words, so like $38 million a month after a certain period in terms of regulatory review, because that remains all as well a concern here in terms of the FTC, no, right. and a reverse break fee of $435 million. bucks. So if, in fact, it does get rejected, uh, right. window so shareholders would pass. But remember, this is hotel to hotel. When we talk about Pfizer to CGEN, it's always, to me, embarrassing if the FTC went off that, because the specialty of CGEN is very hard to, to solve cancers. And the Pfizer has nothing. By the way, this, on, this is hotel to hotel. On Pfizer, I, I do want to make one other uh, reference to the press release, Jim, because it was interesting to me as well. Um, Amir Malik is going to become the chief U.S. commercial officer, executive vice president, and continue reporting to uh, Albert Borla, of course, who is the CEO. But I am told that that positions him as the clear, at this point, heir apparent. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, Pfizer's underperformed. We all know that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I Over think that, any time period. I think they've been off more than they can chew. They've made a lot of acquisitions. And, you know, these are acquisitions are not easily integrated. Uh, this is a great deal. But we need to see if they have the attention span 
to be able to go after some of these harder cancers. Well, they use some of the windfall, so to speak, from the COVID vaccine exactly. to buy companies. And um, and this was the key one. This was a very large deal, uh, very large. the largest of this year. And they are going to be closing it on the 14th. Um, again, on M&A, just real quick, Liberty Media, uh, it gets so complicated. And Siri, Sirius Satellite, uh, they have uh, reached a deal in which the tracking stock and the physical stock, so to speak, well, everything will be merged, uh, resulting in a new Sirius XM being an independent public company, no majority stockholder, a single class of shares. Yes, imagine that, a single class of shares and a board, they say, comprising a majority of independent directors. Let me give you a quick read on it. There is uh, Wells Fargo saying, given the transfer debt, we think Proforma Series should derate from maybe a little over 10 times EBITDA to be below 10 times. Uh, Proforma, that'll get you a market cap around, or enterprise value, excuse me, of 27.3 billion and 16% uh, Proforma equity value declined 19.4 billion today to 16.3 billion Proforma for the equity value. That gets you to 480 a share. And guess where the stock's trading right now? Um, 470. 470. So that gives you a sense. Perhaps a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment. Uh, you know, again, they're transferring debt and everything else there. It's always complicated when it comes to Liberty and, and Sirius, but I did want to mention that given there had been some focus but, on Now, this is a company that people have to understand. The fulcrum of it is used car sales. That's what drives us. And, uh, Not new car? Use. No, use. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, I, I haven't studied the company lately. You know why I haven't? Because of that crazy ownership structure. It's, I didn't think it was worth looking at. Yeah, I mean, the backstory is, of course, the tracker always traded a significant discount to the actual. And right. So they wanted to capture that discount. Well, look, I, so. anything that simplifies things, uh, look, i got to open the books on this again because there you go. maybe it's been left behind and it's got good re-ups. Re I, I think, because, I don't know, I, I, it's, when you rent a car, okay, I, we can just presume that it has it. I rented an Avis car this weekend, boom, there it is. No, I mean, you, don't, you don't want a car without satellite radio. Not at no, all. No. no? Absolutely not. Um, these days, though, it's so easy to stream whatever you have over your in over your in-car radio, right. and that you know that is a potential threat play. to them. And so, it really does depend on the actual content that they're providing. But Sirius will tell you, we got a lot that people love, not just Howard Stern. That's very true. Yeah. It's very good for sports. We didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday about Cigna Humana or Macy's or OxyCrown Rock. Well, I, I, yeah, it turns out the Cigna was a trial balloon. It was very much like the uh, Hindenburg. Uh, that was very ill-fated and ill-advised. Lakehurst. Lakehurst, New Jersey, where it crashed. And, oh, the Hindenburg uh, crash Hindenburg. in Lakehurst, Hindenburg. No, not Hindenburg, not the excellent research yeah. firm. Um, uh, Macy's, obviously, a real estate play. Now, uh, here's something interesting. Uh, Pennsylvania Realty, P-R-E-I-T, was one of the oldest, uh, really one of the oldest REITs, filed bankruptcy for a second time yesterday because it's not clear how much their uh, their malls are worth, except for the A mall, uh, Cherry Hill Mall. Uh, and I don't know whether you can really monetize the malls. I, I also... I mean, I got to tell you, Tony Springs coming in, and he's from Bloomingdale's, uh, replacing Jeff Gannett, and you kind of want him to give a shot here. But you know, there's a feeling that you can keep Bloomies and you can keep uh, Blue Mercury, or you can sell them and just sell the real estate. I don't know, David. It seemed a little. Uh, it, it seemed a little. Uh, let's say, 
out, out, out of the norm to see these two firms suddenly emerge, given the fact that real estate has been trying, they've tried to monetize real estate before, and it hasn't really worked. We talked about it yesterday. I mean, it's years ago that Starboard, which, you know, has a pretty good track record on many things. Jeff Smith, I remember making a presentation. I think it was at Delivering Alpha. You and I were there. I think you and I were there. It's a long time. $72 price target. (laughs) Right. Thank you. His memory. Um, for, in, for insignificant things, but I guess it's I, my, what's it my, never, I, my never, wife's name? I'm never came close, and the thesis was largely based on the asset value of the giant store on 34th right. Street. Right. I, look, I think that, you know, put up or shut up, show us the money. Like choice. Yeah. Don't just float it. Uh, yeah. Don't float it like Cigna. Uh, City does cut M to sell today uh, on the notion that uh, the real estate business might be not even... Maybe not as tough as the actual business, but not easy either. Look, it's a very tough business. I mean, we all know that it's that Macy's has been a challenged property uh, because its its price range multiple so low. They don't get a lot of credit from Macy's.com. Uh, will the stock get to this level of based on earnings? Show, total show me story. Along with remember, Nordstrom's not doing well. It's not like just Macy's. Uh, the the mall's doing very poorly. Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Hasbro layoffs. That's a fifth of their workforce to the degree that they're in in, in store. Uh, we haven't touched on Google and the Epic case, Jim. Mm. Uh, page one of most of the papers. Uh, San Francisco jury unanimous deliberated for less than four hours. Another landmark case right. still in process. You know, the, the media plays it up as being that this is a $200 billion franchise, whatever, that's now in doubt. And they'll make a settlement. You know, Apple had a similar situation. It wasn't as as, uh, as extreme as this one. No, but a jury did find them guilty, so to speak, of basically monopoly behavior. Well, it's not I mean, an insignificant moment. What are they going to do? Like, make it so it's less of a monopoly? It didn't well, hurt the, that, the, that. Jim, the other case that I continue to hear about, of course, is, I mean, the U.S. government uh, against Google. But... The fees that Apple pays for having search right. to Google for, it's like, those are huge numbers. Right, because they want to lock it in. Uh, I don't or know. Excuse I, me, other, it's the other way around. It, yeah. Well, how yeah. much to keep Google Apple, so that, sorry. yeah. But I will, will say with all these, uh, the government has a mixed record yeah. of when. Yeah. Mixed. I don't like mixed. <laughs> mixed doesn't make the playoffs. Well, I don't know. You thought the U.S. government's case against uh, Google on sort of the publishing side on the... You thought that was a very strong case, uh, um, the DOJ I, case. I have since become convinced that the uh, other side, that Google has a very good defense there. And that it may... Yes. Look at you. You mean I, on the search, DOJ yeah, case? I, yeah. On, on, I, I just don't think that they were a monopolist when it comes to these uh, advertising issues. Even though they control the marketplace and the... They control both sides. Okay, that is true. But what's happened is, is that Google's not as important. TikTok is the most important thing. It's no oh, longer the deal end The small potatoes argument. Yes, yes small and that's potatoes. what is small potatoes. Yes. David? It's the old small potatoes theory? Yeah, like the red kind that, you, that yeah. I grow. The small potatoes <laughs> yeah, exactly. theory. Your yeah. Honor, we're going with the small potatoes yeah. theory. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah. yeah, also known as the little old me defense. Yeah, right. So true. TikTok rules the world right now. It rules it's just, the world. You they know do. Who, and they, you know who rules TikTok? David, Communist Party. They're in there, man. Hey, how's uh? Not me. All right, all right. I was going to go. We got to go. All right. Just more getting good. Dow's trying to get back to the flat line, down a point. Oh. As we go to break, let's watch bonds. 
Uh, data mostly out of the way for the morning. Uh, once we get PPI, uh, we'll start to be able to put together estimates for PCE. Right now, 10 years still a little elevated uh, relative to earlier this morning at 423. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. You know, Carl, a lot of retailers, when they reported not great numbers, they bounced back. Look at Lulu. We all felt Lulu was not working. Boom, it's right back. But one that hasn't recovered is Walmart after they reported. That's why I found it very refreshing that Cowan added that as its favorite idea in retail with 188 price target. I think the sell-off is overdone, and I think that makes for very interesting pickings right here. We didn't mention Walgreens as uh, Moody's cuts to junk. Still Jeez. trading just above 25-year uh, lows. Uh, look, I, I have to tell you, I, a lot of people feel that the new CEO is, is, is a miracle worker. I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, they have the theft problem that has just bedeviled all, you know, everybody in retail. So I don't know how much they can possibly change things. But uh, Tim Wentworth is, I've met him once. He's really extraordinary. Ramondo uh, tonight? Yeah. And, you know, this is a lot about about China and about what she's doing in terms of re- reshoring. Uh, a lot of tough questions I have for her because it's very difficult to influence some Chinese companies that don't use our equipment. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Thank you. Great uh, show, guys. Day. Thank uh, you. Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, the White House reaction to CPI, NEC Director Lael Brainerd in a moment. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.